From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, March 15, 2022. I'm Rachel Littman, in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead on the podcast, in Missouri and across the country, one of the biggest needs for people leaving prison is health care. If they were taking meds, whether it be for mental or even stabilizing for recovery from a substance use disorder, how to get those meds now on the outside is a huge obstacle. More on Medicaid expansion for formerly incarcerated people in Missouri, but first, the news. St. Louis County will have its first charter school when the Leadership School opens in August in Pagedale. Charter school leaders say it will give Normandy-area families a choice, but as St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, elected officials worry it will take away resources from other public schools. The Leadership School will open in Pagedale with about 125 students from kindergarten through second grade. It will have students in grades K through 8 and 6 years. The new school arrives a few years after state education officials gave the Normandy School District provisional accreditation. It lost its standing a decade ago. Local leaders worry that the charter school will divert students and funding away from public schools. Brian Jackson is mayor of Beverly Hills, part of the Normandy Schools Collaborative. They weed out the kids that's going to hurt their numbers. And where do those kids have to go? Back to the public school. Meanwhile, you've taken so much money from the public school. The charter school's leaders say it gives parents an alternative to public schools. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. More than 80,000 people are expected to come to the St. Louis region for a NASCAR Cup race in June. It's the first time the Worldwide Technology Raceway in Madison will host such an event. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker visited the track on Monday. He says the race is a chance to bolster Illinois tourism, especially in downstate communities. He says the weekend of the race could bring as many as $60 million to the whole St. Louis region. We need to think about these kinds of projects as um, regional and whether there's benefit to uh, another side of the river along with ours, um, that's okay. Pritzker says he expects the Metro East to see an economic bump from people using local hotels and restaurants. St. Louis public safety officials say they will tap police officers to help reduce 911 call wait times. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch reports new graduates from the police academy, plus veteran officers who volunteered, will undergo about a month of training to answer emergency calls. Police cadets, or 18 to 20-year-olds who cannot become full officers, are also learning to do dispatch work. The department has long struggled with high vacancy rates among dispatchers. 63% of positions are currently filled. That's compared to 70% in July. That means the city is far below the national average when it comes to the speed of answering calls. And the Cinderella run of the University of Missouri-St. Louis in the Division II basketball tournament is over. The Tritons, who were a fifth seed, lost last night to Hillsdale College in south-central Michigan, Umsel had entered the tournament on a 12-game winning streak and had pulled off an upset of number one-seeded Walsh University. It's the team's best showing in the tournament since 1972. When people leave prison, they can go from having basic health care to having none at all. As Sebastian Martinez Valdivia reports, nonprofits and advocates in Missouri are working to enroll people in Medicaid when they're released from prison in an effort to keep them from coming back. In the lobby of the Reentry Opportunity Center in Columbia, Missouri, soft R&B music provides a soothing soundtrack for the people passing through. 
Most of them are just starting the process of putting their lives together after being incarcerated. When someone comes out, they need everything. <laughs> I mean, they, they will tell you they, they need everything and they need it now. Program director Demarcus Thomas Brown says the center looks to link its clients to the many resources they might need by creating what he calls warm handoffs, personal connections to local organizations, like the Voluntary Action Center, or VAC. We're not just telling them, hey, if you go down to VAC on Wednesdays, you can get possibly get help. We're able to give the handoffs and say, hey, so-and-so is waiting for you. Thomas Brown says one of the biggest needs for people leaving incarceration is health care. While people can typically access basic health services while incarcerated, that goes away on the outside. If they were taking meds, whether it be for mental or even uh, stabilizing for recovery from a substance use disorder, how to get those meds now on the outside is a huge obstacle. The state of Missouri expanded Medicaid last summer. The public health insurance program for people with low incomes is now open to most Missourians making less than about $18,800 a year for an individual. But eligibility for Medicaid isn't the same as enrollment. More than 71,000 Missourians have enrolled in Medicaid since the state started implementing expansion in the fall. That's just over a quarter of the estimated 275,000 Missourians newly eligible through expansion. The state has done little to promote the program, and that work has largely fallen to advocates and nonprofits. Concordance in St. Louis is one group connecting people leaving prison to Medicaid. Michelle Smith is the organization's president. Just being eligible uh, when you're a, um, an individual in prison doesn't mean you're going to take advantage of it. Federal data shows most other states process Medicaid applications within a week. In Missouri, it takes on average more than three months, according to the state's most recent report. Smith says these delays are a problem for people leaving incarceration. If they have some type of medication, when they're released from prison, they're only released with a 30-day supply. If you can't get Medicaid eligible or see a health care doctor, within those 30 days, prescriptions will lapse. Smith says Concordance starts filling out applications with its clients in the final days of their sentence in order to speed up the process. She says several have already successfully enrolled. The overall goal is to reduce recidivism, and research suggests Medicaid expansion can help make that happen. So if you look at the psychiatry literature, it clearly shows that certain types of crimes are correlated with certain health conditions. Erkman Aslam is an economics professor at Grand Valley State University in Michigan. He's the lead author on a recent study that found lower rates of recidivism in states that expanded Medicaid compared to those that didn't. Aslam says there was a pronounced effect on crimes correlated with mental health and addiction specifically. This supports our hypothesis that the policy is really effective in curbing recidivism associated with crimes that are most likely committed impulsively. Lower rates of recidivism, Aslam says, benefits individuals and also society. Fewer people reoffending means fewer fiscal costs to imprison them, not to mention the direct cost to victims of crime. But seeing those benefits requires streamlining the process so that everyone who's eligible for Medicaid gets enrolled. I'm Sebastian Martinez Valdivia, Side Effects Public Media. Side Effects Public Media is a Midwest reporting collaboration focused on public health. That piece came to us from member station KBIA in Columbia. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music on the Gateway is by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Rachel Lipman, and this has been The Gateway.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.